The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Good afternoon. Hope you're having a fantastic Thursday. Glorious day in Adelaide once again. And we'll be with you for the next hour. My name's Paul Bonzer. Alongside me, as always, Dan Menzel. Men's, uh, how good's the weather today? It is a glorious day. You, you absolutely nailed that. It's a um, wonderful day to be out and about. Went for a little run, a little trundle before as well. A little bit warm, but a great day. I'd rather like this than 15 degrees and raining. And don't forget, you can be part of the show today. The Just Quality Home Improvements open line is 1300 736 736. You can dial in, talk about any topic you want. Uh, you can text in also on 0427 154 166. And before we get into the hot topic, men's, um, there's a fairly decent game of cricket going on up at the Gabba. Live at the moment, South Australia need one wicket. Queensland need about nine runs, I think it is now. Yep, nine runs, and there's only 50 balls remaining. So I don't think a... There's a result. Yeah, I don't think there'll be a draw, but at least it's not like there's 50 overs to go. There is is a time here. So um, eight overs to go. Interesting to see who bowls. McAndrew currently on in Buckingham. Um, Yes. Be a bad loss for the Redbacks. We'll get into it once that happens. But um, yes, we'll keep an eye on it, and yeah. we'll let you know the result uh, as soon as it as it does happen. But uh, the hot topic is for Irrigear. Time to save and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. A big game last night at Karen Rolton Oval. Men's and our strikers girls did it again. Yeah, they did. And uh, it's catapulted us back to the top of the table as well. Melbourne Renegades batted first and were a little bit shaky. 5 for 148 uh, in their 20 overs, which at Karen Rolton just doesn't look like enough. And it didn't look like enough. And it, in the end, it wasn't enough. The strikers four for 149 in reply. They won by six wickets with six deliveries remaining. Uh, we just look... I was just thinking it before off air, Bonds. We we look so assured at the moment that um, you can trust this strikers team. This When you turn it on or when you go to the game, you go, oh, look, if things go against us, are we still going to win? I just feel like they are going to win every game they play in. They've got to that level with the team and the makeup they've got. That There's so many players that contribute. And again, we saw it. There wasn't anyone who stood out with the with the bat. Katie Mack made 24. Woolhart made 28. McGrath, 26. Patterson, 36. Not out. And Gibson, 17. So just so many contributors. And we might have a little listen potentially to Bridget Patterson and the runs here to win the game. Patterson the key. Patterson with a boundary. Now goes straight down the ground. Just clubbed. Patterson heaves this away on the leg side. Gets the ramp. Executes it to perfection, Bridget Patterson. Bridget Patterson there. She changed her role this year. She's taken on the gloves and uh, with Tegan McFarlane retiring. So she's keeping. She's dropped down the order. She was opening with Katie Mack. So she drops down the order and doing a fantastic job. Yeah, she is. And, and again, that probably enhances the point I'm at at the start, that she could be opening, but we don't need her to. So she drops down the order to do the team thing. And if we do get in a bit of trouble, then we know we've got her there. Um, just, again, across our bowling unit and our batting unit, we look really balanced um, and every chance now 
to go back to back in this competition. There's still a lot of cricket to go. But, uh, yeah, playing and in some really good form off the back of four wins now in a row. Sitting on top and still Darcy Brown uh, out with injury yeah. as well. Yep. So she can come back in for the finals. Um, and they're uh, off, to, off to Mackay tomorrow. Mm. We we're hoping to get uh, one of the girls on this week. But games and travel just made it a little bit difficult. So, uh, yeah, they're off to Mackay um, to take on the Brisbane Heat yeah. up, uh, up Harrop, the, Harrop Park, oh. it is, called up there in Mackay. So, um, Harrop Park. I thought it was Great Barrier Reef. I think they – did they rename it a Great Barrier Reef uh, Oval or Great something? Great Barrier Reef Arena. There you go. Um, but Harrop Park is right. That's – where yes, is, I yes. think it's. Um, I think it depends on whether they play cricket or footy. To be honest, which one they go with. I think it's Great Barrier Reef yeah. if there's footy up there or NRL. But um, yeah, no, that that's. Geez, they jam pack in the schedule, don't they, for the WBBL? They don't stop. Yeah. It's, it's really and it must be tough on the girls as well because it's. Even though it's T Twenty, it's yep. a shorter game. It's still taxing on the body. No, it is, and that's why you need uh, a really strong balance in your team and that depth as well because it is. You're going to have players get tired. You're going to have uh, players in and out of form. And like I said, the balance in this lineup at the moment for the Strikers women, uh, they are certainly one of the better teams in the country right now and they might make uh, my rankings later on in, in the show in one of our new segments. I think we got a caller on the line. Johnny from Port Augusta. Hello, Johnny. Johnny, He's are you there? He's vanished. He's vanished. He's gone to check his Viv Richard stats, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> we love Johnny. He's part of the show. Nah, Johnny is great. Great value. All right, let's uh, get to the good oil uh, for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. A retirement today of sorts from international cricket. The great Meg Lanning pulled up stumps. She did. She's, uh, she's still only young, 31 years of age. Um, but uh, she has called it time on her career. Here's a couple of uh, statistics on the competitions she's played in. So she played six test matches at an average of 31 with the bat. Uh, she obviously bowled a little bit in there as well. But ODIs, 53 average in 103 games. That's, that's, that's world class. That is world class. That's elite. Uh, T20, 132 matches. This is pretty elite for T20, 37 average with the bat in T20. Uh, and then the WBBL, well, she's played 86 matches in that and a, a tick over 40 as an average with the bat. So she has done it all in women's cricket. Uh, she's won some gold medals in there as well, Bonds. She's won a Commonwealth Games gold medal. She's won seven World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So seven. Here you go. So the ODI World Cup 2013 in India and 2022 in New Zealand. And then the T20 World Cup, she's won 2012, 2014, 2018, 2020, and Sorry, men. I have to interrupt. Jordan Buckingham has just bowled Usman Khawaja oh. and the Redbacks win by, I think it's four runs. It will be four runs. Wow. That is that is the good oil right there. That is the good, that is the good oil. Uh, we'll. Uh, Go to that very shortly. Oh, we've got Johnny back, have we? No, we've got One of uh, the Redbacks. Oh, we've got the Redbacks. Linesy's pressing buttons, waving at me. What do you got for us, Linesy? He's fortunately faced the three deliveries. So Buckingham sets himself at southern end. Swifton's been camped up the other end. Yeah. Nigel, Buckingham. 
To the Redbacks when you cannot believe it. You couldn't write a better script no. here. The Redbacks have come from the dead. They've come back and they won this game by three runs. Incredible scenes here at the Gabba. Euphoria for the South Australians. Now, I don't know if you notice something there, men's. You hear the other commentator going, No! <laughs> <laughs> a bit of Queensland bias. Wow, the South Australians, and a magnificent innings from Usman Khawaja. He was uh, the last man out for 114, nearly got his side home, but the Redbacks win at the Gabba. That's a, it's a great win. I mean, Bonds, we did say yesterday um, that they can't lose it from the position they're in, the Redbacks. Well, we were nearly proven wrong. I said they needed 20 more runs. That's exactly what they got this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty handy. Nostradamus, great pick. Uh, so, yeah, the scores, 359 we made in our first innings, 238 Queensland uh, in their first innings. We got bowled out for 151. You mentioned we need those extra 20. Well, it paid off. Queensland ended up bowled out for 269. So we did nearly butcher it in the end. But a, a very important win for the Redbacks there. To win by three runs, it was 44 balls remaining in the day. Buckingham, that's his third wicket in the second innings. McAndrew took three. McSweeney, the Mac brothers again, not related, but McSweeney, two for six off his four overs as well. So a really good win at the Gabba, as you mentioned. Joe Burns made 91 and Kawaja 114, and he was the last man to go. It's an amazing result. Um, and it looked, the game looked lost because Queensland were three for, sorry, two for 179. And, yeah. and, you know, they were cruising. cruising to victory. And all of a sudden, the wicket started to fall. Uh, they couldn't get Uzi out. But uh, the last man to fall, um, so <laughs> the bowling of Jordan Buckingham. They lost eight for 100. Yes. The Queensland balls, which is, uh, yeah, the, the wicket did change. But well done to the Redbacks bowlers for sticking at it and staying in the contest because we certainly looked up against it at two for 179. All right, we'll get back to Meg. Sorry, Meg, for interrupting <laughs> your retirement speech. But let's have a little listen to Meg Lanning. Um, I've got no idea how to go about this. But um, firstly, I just wanted to, to say how lucky and privileged I've been to have been able to, to represent Australia and play the game that I love um, for so long. Um, I grew up wanting to represent Australia and I had fun playing cricket. I loved it. And um, to be able to do it for 13 years um, has been an incredible opportunity for me and I'm very um, thankful for, for those opportunities. Um, I guess something that I've come to appreciate more of as I've gone on through my career um, is is the people that I meet and the, the moments that I've um, and memories that I guess have been created and I've been a part of um, and um, you know I think about those now and they're very special to me and incredible uh, Meg Lanning what a career as you mentioned she kept she started captaining Australia at the age of 21 she's now 31 so for the last 10 years her life has been cricket mm -hmm. she's loved it but she also said in that pre in that presser that she just run out of juice. Oh, without a doubt. When you when you play at the highest level for sl such a long period of time, it has to take it out of you. And and again, she. I mean, she was even in the IPL. Like it's a lot of cricket. And um, yeah, I mean, why not go out now? She's done it all. She doesn't got any more to achieve. So congratulations to yep. Meg Lanning. We might just get on to tonight's cricket game uh, in the World Cup. If we might get Johnny after the break, potentially Bonds if he hangs yep. around. But the good oil was brought to us by Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil grown. 
harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. And, yeah, as you said, men's, uh, we might speak to Johnny after the break. We've got Ryan Kiddo from Adelaide United coming up as well. And uh, you can switch to the affirmative, Lumo Energy, join Lumo Energy today, and Kia, all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Men's? Yeah, New Zealand, Sri Lanka tonight. So if New Zealand win, they're in. They're in the semi-finals. If they lose, it opens the door for either Afghanistan or Pakistan. Now, look, if New Zealand win, Pakistan would have to come out and win by 250 runs against England on Saturday. So it's all in New Zealand's hands tonight against Sri Lanka. I think they'll be too good. Surely they'll knock off Sri Lanka to make the semi-finals and play India in the first semi. They will win. There's not anything more sure. We'll be back on the other side of this. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Bonds and men's with you and you can be part of the show. Just call in on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line 1300 736 736 or text in 0427 154 166. we got Johnny and Max to speak to men's but before we do, you got another new segment coming up tonight. Top of the tree. Yeah, top of the tree. Power rankings uh, from Australian sports. So right. we're going to have a look at the NBL, the A-League, the WBBL will be in there as well and maybe one or two others but we're going to put them all together and work out which is the best current team in Australian sports. Alright, let's get to Johnny. Johnny, you're ringing up about the Redbacks win, obviously. Uh, no, it's about the SAFL, but it's great. But I will comment on the mighty Redbacks. That's big like a Ratford Dizzy, who is top of a lot of grief, and he's one of the better fast bowlers I've ever seen, and uh, they reckon he's just a river bloke. So yeah, he is. Like All right, what about All the sample, Johnny? Yeah, the SAFL. I'm old school, 55, so I grew up Loving it, watching it in the township, the town into the town day. I still enjoy it as back to the top on the AFL because the AFL is overhyped, overhyped, overexposed, analysed with it to its life, overcoached, overupbind, overanalyzed. Yeah, I just think this AFL is a great hidden product. It still is, and um, I mean, I, I'm not picking up enough to realise the VFL was. I realised that the VFL wasn't better because it was fucking great back and might the late great Russell Lee, but they said it was a definite step up. Yeah, no, I agree, Johnny. I, I think that um, it's a good point with the sample and the differences in the AFL and how you've got your traditional sample fans like yourself that have been with it through and through and want to see it uh, continue on and flourish in the future. Now, if that's going to happen, the AFL is going to have to prop it up. The Sanford is going to have to put in some really good mechanisms in place to be able to retain players, to be able to pay players, to be able to uh, market their game. Uh, if things stay as is right now, they're going to be in trouble, plain and simply. So they need to make sure that they don't just fall in behind an AFL Reserves competition because then it will be uphill from their bonds. Max from Norwood is on the line, wants to speak Cricket World Cup. Welcome to Sports Day, Max. Yeah, no worries. He's gone. Um, um, just about Australia's chances, um, I think a lot of it will depend on like when they get to the semi-finals. I think really they will have to bat first and get a massive score because their bowling is really very unimpressive. Um, They just, they haven't looked like taking wickets, but they also are unable to build up pressure. And like, what I've noticed with Mitchell Stark is that he's 
um, and all and the other pace bowlers as well. Uh, they seem to muck around with this um, wobble seam ball or something. Trying, you know, that's no wonder they're not swinging the ball. I mean, it's just not working for Mitchell Stark, and uh, he's been a bit of a liability. Um, I know he's a great. Bo- uh, well, his record is very, you know amazing in World Cups, and he's you know done one of the most prolific wicket takers in one day history. But you know that I just think that it's really dependent on the match winners that Australia have with a bat to be able to you know uh, go the distance. And yeah, so yeah, that's just. It's a, it's a really interesting point you make, Max, um, because we are going to play South Africa in that semi-final. Now, South Africa, when they've batted first bonds in this tournament, they have looked unstoppable. Correct. When they've had to chase, not so much. Smelly. Yep. So uh, it's an important, Max is right, it's a very important toss. Look, I think our bowling attack has gotten better as the tournament has gone on. I mean, Zampa has been arguably the best bowler in the tournament. Um, and Stark and Hazelwood have been all right, come in in patches too, but... Uh, look, against them, it's at Eden Gardens, that semi-final, Calcutta. So it's not necessarily going to be the most pace-friendly wicket. Correct. In saying that, South Africa's attack's the same as Australia. They've got Marco Jensen, they've got Kikisa Rabada, there's a few others as well. Um, so, yeah, so effectively, it's it's probably not going to be an advantage to either side, the spin wicket. It might really help Adam Zampa, and we, if we do bat first, he might come out and take a five for him he's, in the final. He's been the star. Max, appreciate your call and being part of the show. It's great to have you on the on the show. And uh, strong words for Max. He's just not happy with the Australian bowling attack. Yeah, look, we haven't been... Brilliant, but we haven't. I don't think we've been really poor. I think our last no. few games have been better. Yes, but uh, again, against I think his points right in terms of against a very good opposition like we played South Africa and India and in open two opening two games, we weren't good there bowling attack. So that's where he's right, and we have to be better come semi final time. Agree. Here's a quick community update. Thanks to Fire Code, be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit CFS. .sa.gov.au This community update is thanks to new fire coat. The paint's proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. It's available at Bunnings Warehouse. Men's, I read that a lot better tonight than I did last you night. Did. There's a few uh, prickly <laughs> ones in there, without a doubt. A few peas in there, but you did very well. Um, and speaking of doing very well, we're going to just briefly touch on the NBA uh, and a couple of results in today. Now, look, every team basically played today. It was a great slate of games. Speaking of very well, the Nuggets, they just keep rolling. They beat the Warriors at home 108 to 105. We had a couple of overtime games today, Bond. So the Sacramento Kings beat the Portland Trailblazers. They, good win. That was a very good win. Come from behind. Uh, as did the Phoenix Suns over the, the Chicago Bulls, 116-115. to 115. The Milwaukee Bucks only just beat the Pistons. They're just, just going at the moment, 120-118. to 118. The Raptors upset the Mavericks. The Mavericks don't lose right. many at home. So uh, a good win there by Toronto. And then, look, the Nets beat the Clippers. We talked about the Clippers not gelling, and that's the case. The Rockets smashed the Lakers. Warren signs for the LA teams. And unfortunately, your Celtics went down to the Philadelphia 76ers, who are difficult to beat at home. Yeah, just had a rest for a couple of games. Uh, Beaumont <laughs> Tiles is giving away a trip to America, to America's biggest footy game. It's worth $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12th. So that's this, this weekend for your chance to win T's and C's apply. Um, lots more coming up, top of the tree, and also very soon we'll speak to, from Adelaide United, the one, the only, Ryan Kiddo.
The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you, and you can be part of the show as well. one 736 736 is the Just Quality Home Improvements open line or text in 0427 154 Men's, uh, you've got a new topic coming up, a new segment coming up as well. We're going to speak to someone very shortly, uh, but you, you've got a new segment called Top of the Tree. Yes, I do. I, I mentioned I was very excited about this off the top of the show uh, and so really looking forward to the power rankings. It's my top of the tree, Australian sports. So I'll Ooh. delve into it a little bit more once we get to it, but it is one of my favourite new segments that we have. Let's get to our next guest. Uh, thanks to Tire Power, holiday getaway sale is on with huge value on selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. From the Adelaide United Football Club, it's Ryan Kiddo. Welcome to Sports Day, Ryan. How you going, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you on. Um, I just wanted to ask you, what did the team take away from the draw against the victory last weekend? Yeah, a lot of experience. I think for our young group to play in front of a hostile environment, I think that's invaluable experience for our for our players and something they'll be able to uh, take with them moving forward to, to grow as players and and obviously, we didn't, we weren't at our best that night, but to come away with a point is also something uh, very positive as well. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting game, very fiery, but um, yeah, we're very happy to take away the point. The rivalries always are very fiery, particularly between the victory and United. Uh, you mentioned it, they, they had 22 shots. Adelaide United had the 12 shots. We've had a couple of really good wins to start the season. Is this the toughest opponent uh, by far that we've faced so far? I think uh, they just brought the intensity from the start and uh, we probably weren't able to match it early and they gained momentum and then their crowd was behind them and we probably, as an inexperienced group, needed to recognise that we're on the back foot and maybe try and take some of the sting out of the game. But um, to our boys' credit, we hung in there. We were able to still be in the game at half-time and I think the second half was a big improvement, albeit they they did go down to 10 men. um, But I think we did... uh, lift the tempo in the second half and obviously got the reward with the goal. Certainly did get the reward. I mean, that goal came four minutes before they did go down to 10 men. So you mentioned that you, you played some really good uh, soccer in the second half. Ibisuki scored in the 59th minute. It must be nice to see him hit the back of the net. Uh, we know what he can potentially do and hopefully this year we might see a little bit more of it. Yeah, definitely. He's a very important player for us. Uh, brings great experience. And he got his reward for the first three weeks. Uh, I think he put in a lot of hard work for the team. He plays an important role to stretch the line and also to hold the ball up. And some days he, you know, might not be able to hit the next. He might not get that chance. But um, he, credit to him, he kept persisting and was able to get his reward this game and make sure we came home with a point. One player who's been extremely important to uh, your good start to the season is uh, the man in goal, Joe Gauchy. He's having uh, probably his best season, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, he's he's an amazing talent, Joe, and he's still only 23, so he's got so much growth and he's got his recognition and well-deserved call-up to the Socceroos as well today. So that's wonderful. We're extremely proud of him and he knows it's uh, just the start and he's he works hard every single day. So um, I think... Joe can achieve anything he wants to. He's a very good character and a very good player and was very important for us in that last game against Victory. 
Yeah, he was. He's been outstanding, and uh, yeah, great to see him get the call up for Australia. I think everyone knew that that was going to happen. But I just want to ask you: you've been away from the club. Sorry, you went away from the club for a couple of years, and you've been at the club since 2016. You had a short stint with the Jets. What's the biggest change to the club in the, that you've seen in the last couple of seasons? I think in the last couple of seasons, it's just been the consistency. Um, we've been able to keep the same core group players and obviously um, had Carl as the coach as well. So things have been very consistent in the last couple of years and we've been able to build as opposed to, you know, maybe changing coach and changing personnel and, and starting again. So I think that's been really good. Um, we've got a clear identity as a, as a club and we're like to give opportunities to young South Australians while still being successful. So I think the, the club has a really clear vision and um, under Carl's control, we'll, we'll keep pressing in that direction. Just further from that, Ryan, your career, Bond's touched on it in terms of coming back to Adelaide United and being there since 2016. Was last year your best season at the club? You, you played 30 games, you kicked the six goals, which you've only batted once in your career at Adelaide United. So would you have put down last year as your best season to date? Um, yeah, I think it was probably the first time Yeah, I was probably consistently playing week in, week out. Um, so it was definitely an enjoyable season and probably scored a few more goals from the defence than I, than I expected to. So hopefully I can go again this year and match that. But um, yeah, I think it's my form and enjoyment around football has been centred around Carl and, and the environment he's created. And I've really been able to you know, just get back to basics and just enjoy the game and enjoy it for what it is. So I'm extremely grateful for that. We're chatting with LA United's Ryan Kiddo. Ryan, on to Sydney FC this week. Uh, they are sitting bottom of the table. It's not what you'd expect from Sydney FC with zero wins, zero draws and three losses after their three games. Uh, is it just they've got a much more weakened team this year or they just haven't been able to get the results so far? I think it just hasn't. They haven't been able to get the results. On paper, they are uh, a very good team and they've departed with their with their coach this week. Um, so we know that there's going to be, as it normally is when these things happen, there's going to be a, a lift in intensity and potentially a new game style on players playing for their for their spots. So um, I don't think you can really take the first three weeks anymore with Sydney. Uh, uh, they're a big club and they know what they want to achieve and I think we'll see a lift in intensity uh, this week from them. So we're really looking forward to the challenge. Certainly will be a lift in intensity. What's, what's your thoughts, Ryan, on that? Three games into the season and uh, Steve Corica has been sacked effectively. I mean, we know that Sydney FC, their expectations are very high, but that's a, is it a little bit premature? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's happening inside the four walls of that club and, you know, it's I suppose football's at Sport is, is a business, so if, if the results aren't coming, then questions are going to be asked. And um, I never like to see it happen, um, whether it's at our club or another club. But unfortunately, that's a, that's how the game goes sometimes. And I'm sure, like Corrigan, will get another opportunity to get a club and do well, and, and Sydney will bounce back as well. Now we speak to your coach, Calvert, a fair bit over the over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months, and he comes across as a very calm, cool, and collected guy. But what is he like on game day? Is he different on game day to what he is during the week? Uh, he's very uh, calm and, and very collected in the way he he approaches it, and doesn't too often uh, give any rockets through the week. He's um, I suppose with a young group. He wants to nurture them and get them through and give them confidence, which I think is really important. But definitely he does click into a different gear come game day and it's business and he's a winner and he wants to win. And sometimes, you know, he, he has to have those tough conversations or 
or say how he's feeling and um, because he's not over doing it all the time, I think it always happens. So um, he, he, in my opinion, gets the balance perfect. So this Saturday night, 7.15, take on Sydney FC. The home form this year has been sensational, 6-0. In our second game after our 3-0 win against Central Coast, uh, Melbourne City was an absolute demolition. Are we just expected to roll up and see the same thing again this Saturday night, Ryan? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. You know, we're, we're just going to focus on the process and focus on what we know we do well, and, and that's bring intensity and, and work hard for each other. And We have a lot of belief in our game plan and know that um, if we fight for one another and put our best foot forward, we'll be in with a good opportunity. So just... Uh, I want to drill down on that a little bit more, Ryan. As a player, you know that when your team has had a good preseason, you know that you're in a really good position, you're potentially flying, and you come out in the first few weeks, you get those results. Did you, I mean, you probably didn't expect to win 6-0 against Melbourne City, but did you, after those games, think, nah, we, we know we're pretty good, or at least we know we're in a good position, that it's not a shock that maybe everyone else in the football world thinks that it is? I certainly believed in the group. Um, we've been in and around the mark for the last three seasons, making the semi-finals, and with a young group, I knew they were going to. Well, I was hoping they would take another step this year, um, being in our system for a, a bit of time. I, I thought they were ready um, as individuals to really step up, and I thought uh, to get those results early is a massive confidence boost for them. Um, gives them the belief of what they can do at the level and. And I think that's what where the results came from. So I was really, I believe in the group, and I knew what we could achieve. And I, I'm really happy with that early on. Got those results, but we know that nothing comes easy, and we need to continue with our process and working hard every single game. It is exciting to see the young South Australians coming through and, and Carl giving them a, an opportunity. But obviously, they have to put the work in to, to get selected. Out of that young group, who are the one or two that really catch your eye? You think, yeah, this kid's going to be a star. Uh, this is a question I don't like answering. I think they've all got one potential. <laughs> well, that's yeah, why I gave you a couple. You can spread it out a little. <laughs> uh, it's they honestly all have uh, wonderful potential, and you know we've been lucky to to see a few of them get their chances. Um, you know, Panash Madonna, Johnny Yaw, Nestorio, um, Bernard Oliveira coming off the bench, but and Giuseppe Bovellina as well when he's got his chances done absolutely brilliantly. But we have still got another two or three to be honest that are at the moment sitting in the stands waiting for their chance. And I think they have just as much of a chance as the players who are showing at the moment. I'm talking of Luka Jovanovic, um, Bailey O'Neill, players like this. Um, we really do have a, a great group at the moment and they have all the potential in the world. It's, it's down to them and what they want to achieve. And um, I'm a big believer in driving those team standards and that team-first approach. And if we're able to be successful as a team, I think individually they'll all reach their goals of where they want to get to. Yeah, they certainly will. The local talent is sensational at the moment for Adelaide United. I want to ask about someone who's not part of that local talent. He's come from overseas. He's come from England. It's Ryan Tunnicliffe. We spoke with him last week. What's his influence been like at the club? I mean, he's come from some pretty good clubs uh, in obviously the Premier League and the lower divisions in England. Yeah, he's got um, a great deal of experience um, and he brings a real calming influence on our team. Um, I think when you've seen him come on, and important moments in the game, he's really dictated and controlled the, the momentum. And um, he's an important character for us to have around the group because, of course, it's nice having these uh, young, exciting players, but we need to have some experience around them. And he brings that, um, you know, over, over 10 years in the championship, and like you said, some some very big clubs. And I think over three months, we're very fortunate to have him, and he's going to continue to go from week to week and put in some big performances for us. 
want to ask you about you personally. Um, are you a relaxed character before the game? Do you have any pre-game rituals that you do? Um, uh, I would say I'm probably... Not, I don't think I'm relaxed, but I'm definitely ready. Um, so I'm just trying to make sure everyone's everyone's focused. Obviously, it's been a switch in the last couple of years as I've been lucky enough to get an opportunity with leadership with the group and my attention's more so turned to making sure the whole team and group's focused, not just myself. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoy seeing other people flourish and, and, and excel. So whilst getting myself ready, I'm just making sure everyone's focused and knows the work that we need to do because nothing in, in, in life comes easy and football's the same. And what about away from the game? What do you do to relax away from the club? Yeah, so I'm uh, quite busy. I also um, am studying to be a teacher, so I have a couple of opportunities in and around schools with, with soccer and um, learning assistant op- uh, jobs as well. Um, so do that and also have a young family and, and a couple of dogs that, that keep me on my toes and keep me busy. So, um, yeah, I love it and I'm very lucky to to have a lot of things happening in my life to, to I suppose, take my mind away from the games. I think sometimes that's really important because it doesn't always go as you want it to and have other focuses to turn your attention to and, and to reset. Um, that's definitely helped me as a So speaking of which, just before we let you go, Ryan, we asked... Um, we asked Tunnicliffe about which team he goes for, and he was—he's an extremely passionate Manchester United uh, supporter. Do you, are you similar in terms of a Premier League team or uh, another team that you might follow, or is it as simple as no, nah, I don't play for them, so it's just Adelaide United? Um, I do. I think most players you'll find do have a Premier League team, and I'm on Team Ryan with that one. So I'm also a Man United yes. supporter, but I did. We, we try to keep that a little bit quiet because it's not the most successful time at the moment. <laughs> he said that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, as a big club, uh, they bounce back and get things right and be successful again. Uh, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck against Sydney FC on Saturday night. Uh, they're at home. Big crowd. I'm sure the Reds fans will stream in. And uh, maybe go for seven or eight nil this time. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. That'll be nice. Uh, but thanks for the support. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan Kiddo from yeah. Adelaide United. Um, just enjoying. Probably sound like he's walking the dogs there, Mins. He's he's got a busy life, but he's he's somewhat relaxed, like the other Ryan yes. that we spoke with, which is important at the highest level. You need to have that temperament, and particularly in a leadership role, which is in now, which is great to see. Yeah, Ryan Kiddo there. Um, Thanks to Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under the one roof. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear in store or online. Men's new segment. New segment. We don't have a stinger yet. We don't. We'll have one next week, but I'm very excited uh, with this segment. It's called Top of the Tree. So we're going to have a look at who is at the top of the tree in our power rankings, my power rankings. We're going to have 10 teams that are going to be in the power rankings. We're going to have a look at who's in the tree. Uh, and so what this is going to be, I'm going to cover, I don't think this is done before, Bonds. I'm going to cover Australian sport. Right. So I'm not just going to do one sport and have 10 to 1. I'm going to go across the Australian sport and compare them and put them together. So what? So we, whether it be team or individual? It will be team. So right. effectively, um, at the moment, the Australian sports that we're looking at that are currently on the NBL, the A-League, the WBBL and the AFLW. So yes. there's four there. When the Big Bash comes in, that will be part of it as well. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have our top 10 each week. And I'm going to have a look the following week at who has fallen out of the tree, who's fallen out right. of it. 
my top 10. I like it. That's going to go off previous week's rankings. We don't have any previous rankings, but I have got one team that's fallen out of the tree. Well, you haven't got them in the tree yet, but they're already out. But they're already out. And the reason being is what's happened in their last three games. So it's the Brisbane Heat in the Big Bash women's competition. They have lost two of their last three games after going 4-0. They looked super the first four games, but they have stumbled and just fallen out of the tree momentarily. So they are the team that is fallen out of the tree. Let's have a look at who is on the lower branches in the tree. And coming in at number 10... It is South East Melbourne Phoenix in the NBL. So they've won four of their past five games. They have the best offense in the NBL at the moment. I'm loving what they're doing. They are in the lower branches, but they are in the tree. And just added Daniel Johnson to their lineup as a replacement exactly player. Exactly right. So I think they could stay in the tree for a few weeks. At number nine, I've gone to the Wellington Phoenix in the A-League. They're third on the table with two wins and a draw. They've scored seven goals. They got three against. In their last game, they, were, they won 5-2. So they're, it's, I think it's really important for the A-League that Wellington is good because it, it brings the, all of New Zealand up with it. And uh, they've started really well there at number nine. couple of Phoenixes on the bottom. Exactly right. Uh, on the bottom of the tree, but they're in the tree at least. At number yes. eight, it is the Sydney Thunder in the WBBL. They're 5-1. and They knocked off the heat in their last game. They've got a really strong net run rate, a really nicely balanced team across the park. So the, the 11 that they put out there are looking really good at the moment, and they're currently number eight in our rankings. Uh, we'll go to number seven. Oh, this could be high. You might think these guys are too high for mine, but I love what they're doing. The Tasmanian Jack Jumpers in the NBL. They're number seven in my rankings, even though they're fourth on the NBL table. They've got uh, a, yeah, I don't have an issue with this at all. I think they're a very good team. They've got a five and four win loss record, but they've lost some really close ones and they have beaten the best teams in the competition. Uh, one of those teams will feature in our top 10, but they are nice. They are just sitting nicely on the lower branches, Tasmania, but they could easily make their way up. As we move to number six, it is Melbourne victory in the A-League. Two wins to start the year, 5-3 and 2-0. Looking very good. And then they obviously drew with the top team, Adelaide United, on the weekend. So I think they're going to be thereabouts, Melbourne victory. And they come in at number six on our rankings. And coming off the bottom of the ladder last year as well. That's been impressive so far. At number five, the Adelaide Strikers, WBBL. They're the reigning champs. They're about midway up the tree at the moment. They are top of the table. They have won their last four. They got a six and two win loss record. They look primed and ready to go back to back. I reckon that's a little low. Yeah, I, <laughs> I when but I was, we'll wait and see who's yes, ahead of them. We nah, they, they easily could have been higher, but I think I've got four pretty good teams okay. in the tree here that are starting to make their way up the top of the branches, up towards the top, and at number four. It is the Melbourne Demons AFLW side. They finished with an 8-2 win-loss record. They had a close loss to Brisbane on the weekend, but before that game, they looked like the best team in the competition. So it could cost them. They they still every shot to go back-to-back, but it might cost them a home final, a home grand final, sorry. It but will. they still look very impressive, uh, and they are number four on our rankings. You happy um, with them there? Uh, yeah, I don't mind them there. Number three? At number three, uh, very close to the top of the tree, but the Adelaide Crows AFLW side, nine and one. They've got a home final. Their offense looks great. They don't appear to have any weaknesses across their best 18 at least. And uh, they're going to play Brisbane this week. Now, I could have put them in the top two, but I think Brisbane is flying. So I don't think they're a certainty to win this weekend. I still will pick them. But the Adelaide Crows, they are high up in the tree. They are close to the top, but they come in at number three. 
Okay. Well, there must be two very good teams ahead of the of this group. There is. At number two, it's Melbourne United in the NBL. They have an eight and two win loss record. They have been the best team in the comp so far, and this is a statistic that backs that up. They are four and zero away from home. Now we know that in the NBL, teams don't travel that well. That's a very impressive win loss record. Their two losses this year, they lost to Tasmania, the team we really like by five. Yep. And in overtime the other night. So effectively, they've only lost one of their ten matches in regulation so far this season. They are. For mine, the best team in the NBL at the moment. It's why they're number two, and they are just underneath the top rung at the top of the tree. And technically, their players, they're better players in the first minute. And there was probably a foul on Matthew Delavadova to put them over the line. So, so by the sounds good of call. by the sounds of what you're saying, the strikers at five, you're not as fussed with now with the teams that I've no, put in good. there so far. I like it. And at number one, look, maybe a little bit of bias here, but I've gone with Adelaide United in the A League. They have two wins and a draw. But it's the the way they've won these games. Six nil over Melbourne City. And Melbourne City have been unbelievable for the past three seasons, potentially further. And three nil against last year's champion, Central Coast Mariners. They look unreal. I was worried about Craig Goodwin going, what would happen, but the young players that have come in that Ryan Kiddo mentioned, and the offensive game plan that Carl Viet has developed and, and they are absolutely nailing to a T at the moment, makes them Probably the most attractive team in Australian sport at the moment to watch, which is why I have Adelaide United at the top of the tree. I love it. Really good segment, men's. Uh, I know you spent a lot of time putting that together. So every week we'll have that a review of the tree. Yes. And then we'll see who's, who's falling, falling out. out. Yes. Who falls out of the tree, who jumps, who climbs up into the tree. Um, that's excellent. So uh, I can give you that again. At the top, Adelaide United, then Melbourne United in the NBL. The Adelaide Crows, the Demons, the Strikers, Melbourne Victory at number six, Tassie Jack Jumpers at seven. They'll go out of the tree after the Sixers thump them on Saturday night. <laughs> Sydney Thunder, uh, Wellington Phoenix, and Southeast Melbourne Phoenix finish off the tree. Yeah, so a really good spread there. I'll, I'll put three NBL teams in, three A League teams in, a couple of WBBL teams, and a couple of AFLW sides in. So the big bash will come into this when that starts. But uh, yeah, I thought I'd go Australian sport and. Uh, have a look at who is currently the best side in all of Australian sport, and that's Adelaide United for mine. ABL just around the corner too. Yep, so that, our good friends at uh, the Giants. The Giants, if, if they can do what they did last year, they'll certainly feature. They'll be part of the tree without a doubt. Wow, I like that, men's. Uh, that's good. And you can text in 0427 154 166. Let us know what you think. Who yep. should be in the tree? Who should be out of the tree? If I've missed a team, if I've missed your team, let me know. I'd love the feedback. Um, if you're happy with a few of them in there, also let us know. And if you'd like someone taken out, then give us a good reason. And uh, that will certainly get mentioned next week, next Thursday night, in top of the tree. Now, men's, we've only got a couple of minutes to go. But before we go, we should have a, a, a little bit of a fun. And um, I think... Like last night, the, the Poms won. But, <laughs> they did. But, you know, this happened, which made everyone smile. Oh, he's got himself into an awful position. He's trying to be creative. It is a shot we've seen from Root in the past. Well, the position he finds himself in here is one he has played all around the ground. Absolute nutmeg straight through his legs. Cannons into middle stumps. Yeah, there we go. Joe Root getting bold there. I mean, it was a good moment for the Netherlands. They didn't have many last night. Uh, no. England... <laughs> but bold between his legs. Yeah. Like, he just got... He, he just got 
in the end, just stood there. The ball went between his legs. I mean, it's, and it was all over. It sums up his tournament. Have you seen what after yeah. his first two innings where he made over sixty? Yeah, he hasn't made over twenty. Now he made twenty eight last night, Joe Root, but. He has struggled just like England have. And uh, nine for 339 they made last night, England, in the 50 overs. Netherlands were never going to chase that down. All out for 179. So England win by 160 runs. Um, We talked about it being for the wooden spoon bonds and there was nothing on the line. There is one thing on the line. Uh, You want to finish in the top eight teams to make the ICC Champions Trophy. Now, England, as it stands, are currently in seventh position. So there's a game to go. Bangladesh and Sri Lanka and Netherlands are all on the same amount of points. So I'm hoping they fall to ninth and they just miss out. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, we've been hard on them. On the the English in the last week or so, but I think well-deserved. Yes. They've been talking themselves up for for two years and baz balls in the dictionary what a joke that is it's uh, yeah it's unbelievable but hey uh men's it's great we've uh, got to wrap things up we'll be back tomorrow to do it all again from uh, 6 p.m see you then